Limit Break Radio presents The Rogue's Den. With your esteemed host, <laughs> First Lieutenant Kahlo. He's so dreamy. Wait, what? LimitBreakRadio.com Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and Taru Taru and Golka alike. You are now listening to The Rogue's Den, and I know what you're thinking what is the rogues den well the rogues den is a a little segment we came up with that's hosted by yours truly dedicated to topics that are a little bit long for normal episodes and uh you get little sort of mini episodes and um today's episode is actually about assault and the way that we're breaking up you'll have a couple episodes about assault but uh joining me as uh my co-host for today's rogues den is uh velix velix i want to say hello Hey everybody, just uh, I'm down here in wherever we are. I'm not quite sure. They blindfolded me to bring me down here, so... That's the way that it works, yeah. Uh, no one but Kahlo knows where the rogue's den is, and uh, that's how it stays. So, uh, yep, we're talking about assaults today, and uh, the reason that we have a Velix along here with us is he is, like I am, a first lieutenant. Isn't that right, Velix? Uh, yep, first lieutenant, almost a captain. Yep, which unfortunately, uh, first lieutenant isn't the highest that you can get in assaults, uh, the highest rank, but uh, we're going to get into all that. So uh, first, why don't, we, uh, why don't we dive right into it and uh, talk a little bit about assaults. Velix, why don't you give us a uh, general rundown or a basic overview of what assaults are? Okay, well, assaults are basically just a little instance mission, pretty much. You go and there's there's 50 of them across 10 different ranks, starting at private second class, going all the way up to first lieutenant. There's the captain rank, but there's no missions for that. Pretty much everyone has their own objectives. You go in, complete them. They can be completed into a group of six, up to a group of six. You have to have at least three members, though. You can't go mm-hmm. in with any more or less than three. Yep. And when he says it's an instanced battle, what that means is that you're actually taken out of the current area that you're in and actually taken to a secluded area. So uh, if you've ever done salvage, that's an instance. Or uh, a better example would be uh, BCNMs. Those take you into an instanced area. So multiple people can be in the same instant area and actually be separate. So for those of you wondering. Yeah. Uh, every one of them has a 30-minute time limit. So you're not going to be going into your assault and be spending like three hours on it like any most end game, end game stuff is. It's very low there's uh, caps, starts at 50 cap, but it can go all the way up to uncapped at 10 level increments. Usually people do them uncapped just because they've got their 75 job and they want to use all their gear, but you can do them at the lower caps if maybe you and a bunch of your buddies are level 50 and you want to go in and do some assaults. That's right, and uh, we'll actually get into those recommended levels and tell you a little bit more what the level cap is in regards to everything else, but uh, a little forewarning, it's not much. Now, uh, that's basically on some level what assaults are, but some of you might be still saying, all right, well, what are assaults? All right, basically what assaults are, assaults are commissions which are taken from the Assault Commission Agency when you have joined Naja's Salaheim Sentinels and you become a mercenary of the Empire, and by doing assaults, you're in a way helping the Empire to progress. So, Velux, why don't you tell us what requirements we have to do in order to become a Sentinel and take on these assaults? Okay, basically, you're gonna have to, well, of course, you'll have to have access to Ot Ergen, and you're gonna have to be on Ot Ergen Mission 3, which is President Solihim. The first part of that mission, you're gonna go have to talk to a guy named Rytel in the Commissions Agency. He's located at K10 in Whitegate. He's basically, you're going to go into the commissions agency, and he's the bald one who's wearing all the really cool gear. Uh, he's also the guy who's going to help you hold on to your assault tags, which are used later to get into the assaults and whatnot. All right, so uh, once, once, uh, once you get that down, you're basically ready to do assaults. All you need is a couple friends, 
know what you're doing, and guess what? That's where we come in here at the Rogue's Den. We're going to give you all the information you know to progress through the ranks little by little. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the capped, because, uh, you know, when you first sign up for a mission, it's going to give you a general, uh, a recommended level cap. This is all the level cap does. It caps your level. If you cap at level 50, if you cap at level 70, if you go in uncapped, there is no difference in the difficulty, the mob level, the points that you get, nothing. So really, the, uh, what you should use the uh, the recommended level for is sort of to gauge, you know, how many people you might need to take in, or even if you don't have a level 75 job yet, based on recommended level, you could always start assaults earlier. Uh, there is one slight minor difference with the recommended levels, like some of them, if it says it's a recommended level of 60, and you go in at level 50, there's a certain reward after you win the assault that you will not obtain if you go in below the recommended level. Oh, really? You don't get the triple question mark item if you go in below the recommended level. You don't get it? You don't get that. Oh, well, uh, there's something. Uh, you learn something new every day. You think going in under the recommended level cap, you would, I don't know, get more of a reward. Uh, no, I, I guess they, they're really serious about uh, what skill level. They don't much like showing off in the Sentinel say. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> All right, well, good. Um, well, why don't we uh, then talk about there are uh, uh, six assault areas, but we're actually going to talk about five because one of the other ones is Nizulaya, which is a different type of assault. And that's actually a topic all its own. So, um, Velux, why don't you take the uh, the first one, the Liaujum Sanctum. That one's the uh, assault point that is... All the assault points are basically inside of the staging points that we all know about already. Or if you don't know about them, you can always find out. The Liaujum Sanctum is actually in the Azufile staging point. I don't know why they wouldn't name them the same thing, like, I don't know, the Azufile Sanctum or something, but they just decided to confuse us. Um... Every one of the little assault points is controlled by an NPC in the commissions agency who you go to for your missions and to sign up for which one you want. And uh, the Azufile staging point, Lajolum Sanctum, is controlled by Yashra. She's the uh, human female in the Gudo helmet inside of the commissions agency. All right, and uh, next on our list is the Mamulja training grounds, which is at the staging point, the Mamulja staging point in Bafalaw Thickets. Now, the assault mission giver for Mamulja training grounds is Izdebak. And he can be found also inside the commission agency, along with all the other ones. And as the name would imply, most of these missions are going to center around Mamuk and the Mamulja. The next one after that would be our little LeBros Caverns fun time, which is uh, going to happen at the Hellbone staging point out in Mount Zalem there. He is uh, the commission's agency member for the LeBros Caverns would be Fumad. He is a female also inside of the commission's agency. And then we have Periquia, which is at the Devuka Isle staging point, which is our second one in Kedavra Meyer. Your assault mission giver is going to be Lagigi. And I don't know what his race is, but I'm sure Velux is on top of that. He, he is a Taru. He is the one that you cannot see because he is shorter than the desk itself. So that would be the one that looks like uh, nobody's there. Maybe off taking a break or something. Yeah, the one with just a name floating above it. And then the last one that we're going to be covering would be uh, Arulzi Atoll, which is found at, oddly enough, the Arulzi Atoll staging point, and that one is controlled by the boy Yuplo Mitra in the Commissions Agency. That's right. Now, um, when you first join the mercenaries, the Salheim Sentinels, you're going to start out at the bottom of the barrel. You are going to be a private second class. 
Now, most of the recommended levels for private second class are 50 to 60, but you do have 170 in Periquia, but we will get to that. We are going to today go over strategies for all of the tier one private second class assaults to help you push on through those. All right, so now you got your, your private second class uh, badge, your, your medal, and so now you wanna go out and do an assault. So the first thing you're gonna wanna do is go to the commissions agency in Whitegate, you're going to want to pick out which area you're going to, grab your tag, which you get your tag first from Rythal, is that his name? Uh, Rythal, yeah. Yeah, you first get your tag from Rythal, then you go to the appropriate desk, get which mission you want, go across the parade grounds right outside to the runic portals, and you won't even have to buy a runic pass, because because of your assault tag, it'll take you right to the one you signed up for. Somebody is then going to have to talk to the immortal that's stationed there and get an armband for 50 ISP. Now, the person who has the armband is going to initiate the assault, and they're also going to get 10% more assault points upon completion. So keep that in mind. Yeah, the only thing that should be noted with that is that if you haven't gone to the assault point before and come back, so if you can't use the, that runic portal regularly, you also can't go there for assaults yet. So you're going to want to go out and get all five runic portals at least. So why don't we start then with Lajoma Cleansing, which takes place in the Lajoma Sanctum. Yeah, pretty much. This is, uh, your, if you're going with us, and this will be your first one, it's got a, uh, a level 50 recruitment on it, and uh, basically you have to go in there because uh, there's going to be a general afghan that's heading down there to inspect it. They want it really clean when UT goes down there, so you're going to have to dispose of any threats and uh, make sure it's all safe for him so that he doesn't get because apparently generals in Whitegate are very weak. Um, you're going to start off, basically, the whole thing is there's 15 Lajol worms in this area, and you just have to kill them all. It's pretty simple. There's not much, you know, craziness that goes on. A party setup you're going to want to look for, you can pretty much just burn this if you want. A balanced party setup with tanks and mages and TDs will be fine. You can TP burn it if you really wanted to, or you can even do a mana burn party and just completely obliterated because they're apparently pretty weak to magic. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely one thing you should uh, have with you is some type, some form of sleep, preferably an AOC, AOE sleep if you can because sometimes these worms can get pretty close together and uh, a, high, a higher tier stone gust spell can really put you into a, a tight spot. Yeah, so that's another reason why black mages are really nice for this because not only do you have the, uh, the nice nukes but you got some sleep goods too and they can even sleep with individual ones if you get the odd link or something. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go in, you're going to start at uh, the starting point, which is located at F8. And if you open up your map, you do have maps of all of these places. And there, there, there's a general path you want to maximize your time that you're going to take. All right, So you're going to want to go north one quadrant, and then you're going to want to take a cut to the east. And you know, obviously, you're going to be killing worms as you go. So you know, you're going to want to count them up. And you're going to have two options. You're going to have an option to go north upstairs or an option to go south. You're going to want to take that north stair, and it's it's all pretty much one way, and that's going to circle you all the way up and around. You kill a couple worms up there until you come to a hole. Drop down that hole, and you're going to be right back to almost where you started. And at this point is when you're going to want to take the south path. And again, that's going to take you through all of the rest of the worms right there. And uh, the way that assaults work, when you complete the objective, it's going to say right down, you know, objective completed, rune of release at... And it's going to give you a position. In this case, the rune of release is at I-8. Just completing the mission isn't enough to get your assault points. All right? So always make sure that you're going to have enough time to get to that rune of release as well as the ancient lockbox. 
Yeah, um, the only thing about when you take your south turn after you've completed clearing the north, it would be wise before you head to the west and keep going south, just head to the east because there can be worms that spawn there. And there is a drop down right before where the Ruin of Release spawns. And if some worms spawn down there, then you all drop down to go kill it. You're going to have to run all the way back around. And if you're pretty pressed for time, that could cost you the assault. Mm -hmm. Right. Upon completion of rank 1, cleaning out the worms, these are the way that the points are going to work. Now, whenever you complete an area for the first time, you're going to get more points than when you complete it the subsequent times. And uh, do you know how many point extra points that is? Uh, I think it's a 50% bonus for the first time through. Alright, cool. Alright, well, uh, if you were to complete it with three members and as your second or third time, not your fourth time, you're going to get about 1,000 assault points. And then for every member you add, you're going to lose 100 points. So uh, definitely, you know, after you get it practice, you know how to do this, and you're uh, confident with how you're working, then it's usually better to try and go in with the minimum amount of members you can in order to attain more points. If you have done it, at or above the required level, which is 50 in this case. So if you've done it, then you've completed this. And in the ancient lockbox, you're going to get many things. You're going to get some uh, some random items. They're usually curative items like high potions and re-razors. There's high potion tanks and ether tanks and whatnot. But you're also going to get uh, triple question mark items that can be appraised later and can turn into the sometimes pretty good items. In this case, uh, an imperial ring, which when in assaults, it'll give you a haste plus four. I mean. I'm not quite sure how good that is for rank for DD, but DDs are pretty crazy about haste, so... I want that ring. Yeah, I think I was looking into it, and the only ring that matches it is, it's like a ninja ring that activates when they have less than 76% HP or something. I wonder if that works the same way that, uh, that the... some of the other rings that just say assault, but actually work in salvage, too. Uh, yeah, all, all items that have the assault tag, they also work in salvage, because salvage technically counts as an assault zone for some reason. I want that ring. <laughs> Alright, well then, uh, and also obviously you will get one of those at the end of every Assault 2, not just this one. Uh, so, uh, moving on then with Mamulja Training Grounds, our, uh, our mission this time is Imperial Agent Rescue, and the description says that an agent sent to spy on the secret training grounds of the Mamulja has been captured. Rescue him before he is interrogated for Imperial Secrets. And I've got to say, for your Tier 1, this is probably one of the most aggravating assaults to do. Uh, this one's pretty annoying. It's It really seems luck-based, but there is some skill to it. You're going to start out at uh, G7 there, and you're going to come out of G7, and there's just going to be this huge room of mammals that have, like, well, first off, you notice that they're all named Mammal Jaw Warder, but there's different types. we got ninjas that don't have any weapons. we got white mages that have the staffs. They're the basic mage mammal model. Then we're going to have Beastmasters who come with little uh, lizard pets and are using axes. You're going to start out there, you just it, try to avoid the ones at the beginning. Don't like run down there and start killing them all, because that's really not the point of this. You're going to head over all the way east as much as you can go, and you're going to come to the I coordinates at around I-8. You're going to hit a, a little thing, and there will be doors. The idea is that the uh, your friend that you're going to go rescue, the Imperial Agent, has been captured, basically. He's being held inside of a pot, basically, a pot prison cell, that uh, is behind these doors. We have to break down the doors. Uh, the only way the doors can actually be damaged is by having a Mamuljah fighting a tank or some sort of job that's just holding his attention with his back up against the wall so that when he uses a fire spit or they can do their throwing weapons, it'll hit the door and after a certain amount of TP moves that hit the door, the door will collapse. You can go in behind the door, check the pot. If he's there, then you win. If he's not, then you get to keep going around. Odds are he's not going to be there because 
the assault really doesn't like people. Right, and there are actually three doors with NPCs behind them, so you have a 33.333 repeating chance of being able to find them. Now, the fire spit, which can be used by, as you said, the Beast White Mage and Ninja types, will require four hits to open the door. And every time he uses fire spit, it's not guaranteed to hit the door. There are there are some tricks that, you know, none of them really are confirmed that, you know, you can help open the door, and we'll get to those in a minute. But uh, if you get the Beast or the White Mage type, and they use Axe or Stave Toss, and it hits the door, it'll only need that one hit. So when we said this is sort of luck-based, that's where the luck base comes in on how often they use their TP. So if you have Subtle Blow, you're not going to want it in here. Yeah, you really don't want to go in with a bunch of heavy DBs. Like, you don't want your, your you know, Black Belt Monk going crazy on your... Uh, on your white mage uh, Mamul and killing him before he can throw his stave or anything like that because that's just a waste of a mob. You want to try to feed him up with as much TP as possible. So we're talking low delay, low damage weapons, maybe even a bard for some haste so you can hit more often. Tier 1 nukes work really well because they also give mobs TP. And um, it's kind of weird, but a lot of the times people say that like they don't take ninjas into this for some reason because like when, the, when it hits the paladin or the warrior or whoever you have tanking, that's also going to give the mob TP, so that helps to build up TP, but then, I mean, paladins, we evade like bricks, so mm. the ninja's going to help evade the things so that it'll hit the door, but also the ninja's shadows, just because he uses a stave toss and it absorbs by one of his shadows, that it's not going to hit the door. It basically counts as it hitting the ninja. It has to miss completely in order for it to hit, so shadows don't really help to make it hit more often. Yep, and uh, some notes too that you know some people have fought is that uh, they say if you position yourself just right so that the animation will miss you, then you don't really have to try to dodge out of the way. But some people say that as they're getting ready to do their fire spit or as they're getting ready to throw their weapon, that you actually have to physically move your character in order to dodge. Again, you know none of this is really uh, confirmed. There's no way to confirm it, so it, it's all luck based. You want to put your tanks right in front of the door. Don't let people take hate and. Just on spit TP moves until you uh, until you find that general and uh, when and if you do, then the rune of release is going to pop at J8 with all your goodies in it. Basically, going to be the same thing. You're gonna once you get the uh, ancient lockbox open, you're gonna have some basic items which uh, dropping your nice little treasure pool there. You can lot on those and see if you get some. Uh, you're gonna find more triple question mark items if you've done it at the recommended level, which is 60 or above. If you did it at level 50, you won't get these items, but the, but You'll congratulations on finishing at level 50. Yeah, I mean, that would... I don't know how hard it would be, but it would probably be pretty annoying mm -hmm. just because of the way it is. Um, with this one, there is another nice little ring that drops out of here, which is uh, the Storm Ring, which when you're in Assaults, or Salvage in this case, it's accuracy plus 10 on it. That's pretty much the most accuracy on a ring you're going to get, aside from the Lightning Ring, which comes from beating Ramu, uh, which is accuracy plus 15 on Lightning Stay. All right, yep. And uh, if you beat this with three members, you're going to get 1,100 AP. Four members is 990, five members 880, and with six members, it is 770. Moving on past Mammal Jaw Training Grounds then is probably my second least favorite of the Tier 1s, and that is the Libros Cavern Excavation Duty. Uh, and actually, you might remember this one from a earlier LBR show, which we you know made fun of a little bit, and we got a lot of emails and took a lot of flack for, uh, for generalizing assault in such a way. But uh, the Imperial Army plans to traverse Libros Caverns as part of their attack on Helvung. However, the tunnels are blocked with rocks, and you must remove the obstructions. Yeah, this one's, uh, this is, although it's, it's fun, 
I mean, it's not that hard. It's just all about planning before that, and you get to fight rot walls. I mean, you can make jokes at your friends about not being able to hit walls, but Which other than that, it's kind of boring. I uh, can't. The dark night accuracy thing hurt. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it, it was funny because we went one time with a bard, and uh, the bard uh, uh, soul voiced us with double march, and then we had a red mage, and they gave us haste, and we had our haste gear, and oh my god, it was so much fun. Yeah, I've I've had some fun in there too with dark knights, and we didn't have a cracking club at the time, but we messed around with the uh, one of the mercurial crees and soul leader on one of the walls, which mm-hmm. was pretty fun. It wasn't really worth it, but it was fun to watch. Yep. All right. So uh, basically, you know, you can have your map, and there are actually five walls in here that you have to break down through two paths. Now, the first wall you're going to come to, you're going to have everybody with you. So, uh, you know, there are two ways to actually break this down. You can go ahead and just start whacking away at it. Usually you want people, you know, who can hit pretty hard or at least hit fast. You know, things like uh, like the Sirocco Kukri, which has that added effect, are also good. Um, and then there's also the Kikrin Bomb strategy. So, um, Vilek, do you want to go over the, the normal strategy that most people use with Black Mages in Melees? Uh, more or less, the basic strategy is that with black mages and melees, you're going to get to a wall, and your melees are going to do—they're going to do what melees do. They run up, engage, start whacking away, and just weapon scale as much as you can. Um, you're not going to want to save your TP for 300% because these walls have massive defense. Like, you think you hit hard on your dark knight or your samurai, or you think you have wicked DOT on your thief, and then you fight these walls, and you're doing somewhere between zero and 22 damage on a regular melee hit. So. You're not gonna. It's gonna be basically about that. You're not gonna want to save 300% TP because your weapon skills, three weapon skills, are gonna be a lot better than any modifier on a 300% TP weapon skill that you have. Uh, while the melees are doing their thing and they're whacking away, the black mages are gonna want to try to do some low tier nukes because the higher tiers just get resisted so much that they're not very MP efficient. So we're talking like tier ones, tier twos. Uh, they're also going to want to try to keep things like chalk and choke and burn on the walls because that DOT, if they have enough intelligence over 100 int, it's going to do 4 HP a tick constantly, which when you have DDs that are maybe hidden for 10 or 12, that's a lot of damage to a wall. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not getting that high. It's usually 0 to 3. Uh, well, I don't know. I've hit for pretty hard on them, but I don't know. Galica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right, and uh, and, and basically the way you're going to want to do it if you're doing it with the DOT and melee strategy is everyone's going to break down that first wall, and when you get to the area at uh, G9, you're actually going to have to split up. Now, the way that most people do this is they send a black mage uh, north from that point because there's only one wall up there that has to be taken down, and then the rest of them are going to head east, and there's three walls in that direction. Now, usually by the time the black mage gets to his wall, either the melee are just getting to the third one, or they'll be just about done with it, in which case the black mage can head back to F10 for the rune release. Now, there is an alternative method, and that's called the Kikrin Bomb Method. Now, the way that the Kikrin Bomb Method works is when you fight Kikrins, they can sometimes drop a temporary item called a Kikrin Mine. Now, to use a mine, and uh, it, I think it randomly distributes to people, right? Yeah, it doesn't go through the treasure pool. Like, right. if you kill it, it'll just go right in your inventory if you get mm-hmm. it. So to use the mine, the person has to engage the brittle rock, use the Kikrin mine on it, and stay engaged while it blows up. Uh, the mine will appear immediately in a player's inventory, as we said. Uh, the, the the drop rate may be affected by Treasure Hunter in, in, in Moon Phase, but then again, everything may be affected by Treasure Hunter in Moon Phase. Uh, you can get more or less uh, than four you need if you kill every Kikrin there is. Um, having a bomb self-destruct by a wall will completely 
destroy it, and you must be extremely close to the wall when it blows up. Now, um, the the couple times that I've done this, we you know we tried the bomb method once, and uh, it didn't really work out. I don't know if there's a chance that it might or might not go off, or if you follow those tips that we just gave, if it'll go off 100%. But you know, overall, I think this is a pretty aggravating assault. But um, as long as you know what you're doing, you're well informed, then uh, it usually goes pretty good. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun assault, but I don't know. That's just me. Um, one thing of note, though, if you are maybe you went in and you weren't quite ready for it. You're running low on time. It does take about three minutes without like fleet or enhanced movement speed to get from the very northeast walls all the way back down to the ruin of release. So, like if you're running low on time and you see you got five minutes left and you still got a wall to beat, you might want to send somebody back <laughs> right away so that you're not running out of time running back to get to your ruin of release. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, that's Leros Cavern Tier One for you. Moving on to the next one, we have Periquia, which is at the Dupa Isle staging point. And this one is Seagull Grounded. It says the Immortals have captured a member of the Seagull Freddy, a rebel organization. You are to escort the prisoner safely to a holding area. Now, this is one of the first ones that I, that I did when I first got into assault. And, you know, it's, a, it's an escort mission, which, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of us have done. But it's not a normal escort mission. Yeah, this is... Um well, usually with your escort missions, the NPC you're escorting is helpful. They're, they're trying to be escorted by either letting you help them out. Well, not in this case, because you're escorting more or less a prisoner, so he's going to be trying to get away if you don't keep an eye on him. He doesn't really have controls, per se. Like, you can't talk to him to get him to stop and talk to him to get him to start again. You basically have to let him know you're there, which means you got to be in front of him and you got to be looking at him. Yeah, there's distances involved as well. If you're within five feet of him, so if you're really close and you're looking right at him from the front, then he'll stop moving. That's basically his signal to get him to stop. If you're beyond ten feet and you're not looking at him, oh, it takes too long. He's going to make a break for cover and he's going to try to find freedom. He, he goes pretty fast. He runs slightly faster than regular people do, but you can catch him and every now and then he'll stop because he's out of breath. And at which point you really want to get in front of him and just stop him by looking at him really close. If he gets away, he'll make a comment about you being really slow and how the immortals really couldn't find anybody better, apparently. And you lose the assault right then and there. Yep. Um, uh, I've controlled him once before a couple times. It's really not too hard as long as you, you know, stay, stay close to him. You're not going to lose. You might have a little, little bit of trouble controlling him, but uh, it's, it's not too hard. And... Uh, the way you're going to do it is, you know, it's a pretty straightforward, just sort of follow them along and whatnot, and you're eventually going to get to a corridor that has rooms on either side of it, all right? And now this, this is where it can get tricky, because as you come by the rooms, there are, there are three sets right across the room, uh, the hall from each other, and on one side, it's empty, and on the other side, it has mobs in it, and it's random which one he goes into. If he goes into an empty one, that's great, you ain't got to worry about fighting anything, just keep on following him to the next one. If he goes into the room with the mobs, however, he's going to he's gonna try running away because he sees the mobs, and then someone's going to have to chase after him. And the rest of you are going to have to, you know, kill all the mobs in that room. And uh, I think they're, they're all crabs? Uh, in the first three rooms, the, the first three choices he makes in directions, yes, they're all going to be crabs. Yep. Um, you can stop him. Like, he does kind of show you which way he's going to go a little bit beforehand. So you can stop him from going into the room and send people in to go kill off the crabs so he doesn't try to run away. But... Uh, yeah, you want to gonna take those out. There's another strategy I've found, or I've read about rather, I haven't actually tried this one, but apparently if you let him run into the room, he sees the mobs and he runs away, you just gotta be waiting for him outside, stop him, and then pull all the mobs to the other room basically, sleep him, and then lose hate by running really far away. 
Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, it's, uh, something that can use a lot easier, too. Also, if you want to get someone who's maybe, you know, into sack pulling, I'm sure you can just link everything and go sack those. Oh, um, yeah, that would work, too. But uh, as you get further down the map, then you're going to see a couple more types of mobs. Uh, there's going to be a debaucher and uh, a couple poogles. Um, the the debaucher, I think, is uh, one of them, the, the living flesh. Yeah, it's hard to do with mobs. Yeah, ugly things. But um, you know, again, they're not they're not too hard of mobs. Um, I don't think any of them range higher than a than a very tough. So you know, just keep your the person escorting uh, the NPC with the NPC, and after you get past the three rooms, and hopefully you didn't get any crabs. But then you get past those, you can usually send the rest of your group ahead to start clearing out uh, everything. And the rune release is at the very bottom of the map at F11. So it's a, it's a pretty straightforward one here, and there is actually a a nice uh, triple question mark gloves that drop from here. Uh, the Storm Monopolies, which have Evasion plus 6 and Enmity plus 3 at level 50. I know that I wouldn't mind those for my soloing gear, especially if I'm like dueling with somebody. That'd be pretty hot. Um, moving on then next to what is my favorite, my favorite mission in, in all of every single assault, okay? And, and you're going to find out why in a minute. At Elruzia Toll, Private Second Class, you have Golden Selfage. Now, Rumor has it that the golden figurehead from the Black Coffin, the ship of Luzdaf the Pirate, can be found somewhere within Illyrusia Toll. So your objective is to recover this figurehead. Belix wants to tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, this assault is the one that ever since you know the beginning of time in Oregon, everybody's been talking about this. This is the one that Summoner can pretty much solo it. You do have to have the three people there, so if you're a summoner and you want to go out and try this, you're going to need you know, two other people to stand around and do nothing. Look but uh, you're going to start at, uh, yeah, they look, they look pretty, they can touch the rune release for you. Um, you start at H8, and uh, there's 12 treasure chests all over the place. There's like 20 different spawn locations, but only, you're only going to show in 12 of them. But the problem is that 11 of these chests aren't real. They're going to turn into mimics on you when you try to check them. So uh, you're either going to have to have a party of people to be there with you and you know keep you alive and finish off those mimics, or you're going to have to try one of the many, many, many strategies there are for people to just de-aggro the mimics. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, just to, to mention too, you know the, the, these mimics aren't you know pushovers like a lot of the mobs in the other assaults too. They're they're pretty tough. Um, I know when I first tried this the first couple times with that only actually three people, um, you usually only have time to fight maybe three, four mimics before, you know, you're at the point where it's like, all right, we've only checked four chests and we're at the 10 minute warning mark. The, uh, the other mobs you're going to want out for are that there are poogles in here who have an insane amount of HP and those actually, they're aggro by true hearing. Yeah, I've, I've actually fought them by accident sometimes and yeah, they're, they're just a pain in the butt. They actually hit kind of hard too. Oh yeah. Surprised. I think their level is must be up there. They're probably IT to 75, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, definitely I would recommend above all else is definitely have a summoner friend to help you with this or at least a mage friend with summoner sub. As long as your, summon, your summoner is at sub level and has capped summoning magic, a white mage summoner will be able to suffice. But uh, if, it's not at, if it's not capped at capped level, then uh, you're going to have a hard time being able to pull off little strategies, the tricks here. Yeah, so we're going to might as well get into those tricks. And the summoner trick is basically if you're a summoner main child, you're going to want to summon up Carbuncle or I guess it wouldn't really matter, your favorite summon and uh, go over and check your 
chest. If it turns into a mimic, then of course Carbuncle is going to auto attack it. Once Carbuncle starts to attack it, you're just going to want to run. Take off, try to get as far away as you can, and then you're going to release Carbuncle. And then the mob is going to de aggro and it's going to turn back into a chest, and you can move on to the next one and keep searching. Yep, and that's really, as far as I'm concerned, the best and the quickest way to do it. However, Puppet Masters also have a way to do it. Now, some Puppet Masters may be better at this, but from what I've, I've actually never completed this with a Puppet Master before because, uh, you know, when, when you do it with a White Mage Summoner or a Summoner White Mage, they have re-raised just in case they do die. And uh, a little note here, too. You can die very near the chest, re-raise without being aggro. I've actually beat this by just spamming it with, uh, with re-raise earrings before. I lost like 20k experience, but, but I won, and that's the important part. So if you do have aggro and you have to die, just you know, kind of start, you know, put yourself into walk mode and just inch away from the mimic until he draws you in. And so then just try to gauge how far you can get away from him before he draws you in and get to that maximum distance die, let him go back into his chest, then when you re-raise, he won't aggro you. So keep that in mind. But uh, the way that um, that the uh, that the Puppet Masters do it, and uh, this is actually, uh, right now I'm reading from uh, Reshef's Golden Salvage Guide. So uh, definitely thanks to Reshef, and definitely check out this uh, this guide if you get a chance on epicyclopedia.com. But, uh, you know, once you've located a, a cursed chest, you're going to want to lose use a light maneuver so that your autom automaton utilizes a flash bulb as it approaches it, alright? And the uh, the macro that Reshef suggests is pet deploy target, wait one, job ability, deactivate. That's uh, that's all it should take. Uh, basically how the method works is that, you know, the, the macro causes your automaton to briefly engage the chest just long enough to flash bulb it, you know, grabbing enough hate to aggro without claiming the mob, then when it deactivates and releases all the hate, you should be long gone, and uh, if it was a you know, mimic, then you survive. Congratulations. Make sure you have re-raise just in case. And if it was the golden figurehead, whether you were a puppet or a summon master, you're going to want to go right back to uh, where you started at the rune of release at H7. And there you go. Congratulations. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's really rather easy. I mean, you can. I've also heard of uh, black mages, like just mana burning it. But I mean, there's very few things black mages can't do that to. So, mm -hmm. but I've heard that works. There's another strategy that I was reading up on that I've never actually tried before, but it sounds interesting. And it's basically you're gonna send somebody in there who can survive, so like a, a ninja or something with shadows, so he's not gonna take any damage. And then uh, you have him check the chest. If it's a mimic, okay, it pops up. He basically stands there for a little while, and you have somebody like a ranger or a thief, somebody with a ranged attack, shoot the mimic from outside of the range of which it can draw you in, which I think is 25 feet or something like that. And then the mimic can't do anything. He's just sitting there trying to draw you in, but he can't because you're too far away. And your buddy who went check the chest can just run away. And you can go hmm. on to the next thing. Um, it would have to be 20 yards then, because 25 yards is the is range that... for range attacks. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and actually, of these rank ones, too, uh, you know, uh, the Liaojum cleansing gives you 1,000 points for three members, as we said. And all the other ones give you 11,000 for three members, and uh, they go down accordingly, 990, 880, 770. All right, and that pretty much wraps it up for Assault Tier 1 Private Second Class. Uh, what you can look forward to on the next uh, nine episodes following this, uh, and of course Velix will be joining me the entire time, but uh, each episode we're going to be talking about strategies for each rank, and uh, we'll also be talking about some other small stuff, like uh, next episode you can get Private First Class, as well as how to rank up, and uh, from there on out, you know, uh, per episode, you will, uh, we'll talk about maximizing assault points, uh, a lot of the gear rewards and other things you can get. 
So uh, that's about it. That's it for Rogue's Den this time. So as always, this is Kylo. Kick it from the back. Felix? Uh, this is Velox, and I'm not quite sure how to get out of here. All right, yeah, and I'll take care of that. Final Fantasy, Tetramaster, and Vanadilla registered trademarks of Square Enix. Square Enix and Play Online are trademarks of Square Enix. Limit Break and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.